Welcome. Thanks for joining us. This is Beyond the Illusion. In this episode, we have a conversation with Jim Holzknecht. Jim was one of the creators of a movie called Beyond Belief, which is a film that is intended to go a little deeper than the movie The Secret. It's mainly about our subconscious thoughts and beliefs and the power they have in our lives. And this is a topic that has become very near and dear to me recently after beginning to examine my own thoughts and beliefs and realizing just how much influence these beliefs have in my life. It was a great pleasure to talk to Jim in this interview. He's a very kind and thoughtful person. And something I didn't get a chance to say to Jim during this conversation was that I really appreciate people like him who commit to projects like this movie Beyond Belief because it's their own creative way of truly helping others by bringing awareness to important concepts that can have a real positive effect in people's lives. Now, let's go to the conversation with Jim, Tiana, and myself. Thanks for coming on and talking with us, by the way. Thank you for inviting me. It's really yeah. an honor and privilege to be part of this yeah. podcast. So, so let me say right off the bat, um, I watched your movie and I thought it was really great. I thought it was really well done. And of course the content is like really what I'm into, you know, right now, especially. And so it really, you know, it, it really resonated with me, everything that was being said. And I was just kind of wondering, how did you get interested in that topic specifically for, for a movie? The, uh, the topic came about really, I, I, um, co-produced this movie with Becky Hayes, who's another filmmaker in Austin, Texas. And, uh, she and I actually were in a NLP neurolinguistic programming uh, course up in Dallas together. And, uh, I had watched the secret and she and I were talking, um, about that movie. And we, you know, we felt like it was, it was a great movie. Um, it did a lot of, uh, you know, it really had people thinking about, the law of attraction and in, in a different way in a more powerful way with all the experts and the speakers. And I felt that there was, uh, and Becky as well, she felt too, that there was a deeper cut that kind of needed to be addressed inside of that conversation about manifestation and, uh, the law of attraction. Cause there was kind of left people thinking that if they just thought something, you know, uh, and thought about it long enough and hard enough, then it would maybe manifest. And that's that's a great starting point, um, but there's another factor to consider, and that's the you know the subconscious mind. And uh, the Becky and I, before we started producing Beyond Belief, we didn't realize just how strong that that is. So you can have a conscious intention to manifest something. But if there's a limiting subconscious belief below that, that you're not even aware of, it's kind of running the show, that's going to trump that conscious, you know, uh, intention every single time. And so it really behooves each and every one of us to, you know, look under the hood and see, hey, what's going on with those, you know, limiting or potentially sabotaging, you know, uh, beliefs. And that might derail what, what I'm intending. And so that's kind of what really what we really wanted to to take a deeper cut at that conversation and that's kind of how the the genesis of the of the movie and then um you know when you set that intention i, I feel like we were we were really guided 
in the process um, during the production of it because the right people came forward and, and we were able to get several of the people that were in The Secret, um, Joe Vitale and Bob Doyle, Marcy Shymoff, Jack, Jack Canfield. It was it was great to, to be a part of that, but then also, you know, other people started showing up, adding to the conversation. Julia Cameron, who she's almost never in a documentary or anything, you know, she's the, the artist, the artist way author and has empowered millions of people and their creativity. And Becky and I were one of them. I mean, she was the, one of the reasons why the film was even made and uh, getting in touch with the creative side of things. And so it was just an honor and privilege to to be part of that, you know, kind of a conduit. I thought of Becky and I kind of thought of ourselves as conduits of just being open and being open to the process and, and holding the intention of really wanting to make a difference for people in, in helping them and empowering them to, to create what they want and uh, having them look at maybe another side and also be able to provide tools inside of um, that, which is something the secret, you know, kind of did with the vision boards and things like that. But um, we really wanted to offer some really powerful, you know, tools for that. I was, yeah, I was quite impressed with the um, array of the lineup of speakers that you had on there. Um, I was curious, I, I mean, I guess it's just on the side, but like, yeah, how do, how do you structure a movie like that? Do you just have them each kind of talk about their craft and then you go back and you piece together, you know, for each topic or, or how did, how did you organize and structure the film? So Becky had a production company uh, here in Austin and I, I had produced educational documentaries for several years. Um, and so we, we came from a, producers, you know, mindset. And one of the things too, um, Becky had the idea of going to um, it, it, a lot of the the speakers were Hay House authors. So and they had a big convention in in um, Las Vegas. And so Becky said, Hey, why don't we, you know, rent a studio, a studio space in Vegas, and then we'll invite them into that space. So smart. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's, it was really a great uh, you know contribution, and, and it made it efficient for them. Um, I think the secret could, did something similar. You know, where they had people come in and um, and dovetailed it with a with a conference or something. But that was a a great idea. I mean, we we started doing that. Um, then in other, it was really limited our expenses and our trip. You know, we, we took, you know, like strategic trips based on when a lot of these thought leaders were, you know, in town and when they were going to be around. And so I think that really helped a lot. So if you're interested or thinking about doing a self-empowerment type of documentary, uh, I definitely recommend that. That's Raji because that saved us a lot and it um, it helped a lot. And then also, you know, if somebody's already there and they're already in a conference, um, maybe promoting a book of theirs or whatever, it just makes sense to them as well to be part of it. Your film did have a lot of uh, similarities to The Secret in the look and the feel, the way that it, uh, that was. Yeah, did you do that on purpose? Or did we were like, oh, this is a good formula to use? Or um, or did it just happen that way? <laughs> you know, yeah, I think, I think the uh, there was a lot of really amazing things in that movie uh, and you know, I think it was directed really well. I think it was uh, structured very well, very inspiring. So kind of, um, I wanted a movie that was pretty fast paced, you know, um, and moved along pretty, pretty quickly. And 
touched on several different things. And uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, I definitely used that. We, we, we used the, the secret kind of as a template and model. It's obviously a very, very successful film um, and, and put a lot of those speakers and experts on the map and, and you know, uh, what they are in the self-empowerment world. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I liked uh, I liked the structure. Um, it just kind of unfolded though to, um, we added other sections that, you know, weren't in that and we wanted, you know, some quotes, a lot of emphasis on quotes and um, kind of have the movie itself put people in sort of a meditation kind of, you know. And I was like, thinking that yeah. when I watched it, that it was sort of like um, giving us these subconscious suggestions through the quotes. And um, so, yeah, I was curious if that was intentional or not. Yeah. yeah. There were even some intentional uh, like suggestions where they would say like, oh, you should do this. I even wrote some of them down because I was like, oh, that's a great idea. Like the um, one person said, and I forget her name, but she was my favorite one. And I'll, I'll look it up here in a second and I'll, I'll say the name. But she said, you should get up in the morning and, and write, just write, like do like a stream of consciousness. Julia Cameron. Yeah. Yeah. That's her. Okay. Yeah. She was our, she was our, our muse, if you will. She was probably the reason that we made that movie. And like, like I said at the beginning, you know, we were just ecstatic that she did it, but that's one of her exercises that she talks about in artist way is morning pages where you Mm -hmm. just get up and, you know, write stream of consciousness for two pages or, you know, whatever your intention is, but, uh, she recommends two pages and you just start writing whatever comes up, you know, Oh, my, my left elbow is really sore. It's really bugging me. You know, I, I can't think of anything right now. My mind is really blank, like write that and just keep writing. And, uh, she said, if you do that over a period of time, it's, it's, it's amazing how it opens up your creativity. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Cause when I heard that, it just sounded like I need to do that. You know, it just sounded right. Like, Oh, that sounds like a great idea. I'm going to try it. I'm, I actually am going to try it now. So have you done this? Yeah, I, I was. I've got stacks of journals at my house. Uh, I, I first got exposed to Julia and her Artist Way book, um, probably early '90s, I think, or yeah, probably '95, uh, '96, um, and started journaling um, after I came back from living overseas. Started. I was journaling there too, but then started actually consciously doing this Artist Way kind of idea and. Uh, really saw openings up in my creativity, started getting interested in drawing, which I never, you know, did before and, um, writing different, all kinds of different forms and, you know, uh, in the movie, movie production and video production. Really? Uh, so it's had a pretty big impact for you then. Huge. That's yeah. awesome. So are you planning to do another one similar to this at some point ever, or have you done one similar to this movie? Yeah. I've thought about some other th- themes that I think, would lend themselves very well to a self-empowerment documentary. Um, as far as, you know, Becky and I may be doing another kind of follow-up. Actually, this is the 10th year anniversary of, of Beyond Belief. So we formed Beyond Belief Academy and um, we're uh, repurposing some of the, the content and actually um, developing, you know, course a course out of it. We have the movie available on online through the through the academy now or you can watch it directly there and um also you know the extra interviews and some behind the scenes kind of uh clips and and interviews that we had so we're we're developing that and uh as far as other documentaries go i mean i'll just kind of 
I've got some ideas about some things. Um, I've been producing educational documentaries for colleges for for years, you know, in psychology and sociology and kinesiology and things like that. But as far as like another self-empowerment one, um, I'm just kind of open to that. You know, it's weird. I, I, I think both of us, you know, you get those kind of impulses and nudges. And so that's kind of what I've been sort of just open to is when I get a lot kind of tingling down the spine or the, you know, the goosebumps or whatever. And like, you, you really need to be looking at that. I, um, I've been interested in near death experiences for years. I've like interviewed yes, several do that next one on yeah, that. <laughs> I've actually interviewed several people have had those experiences mm-hmm. and my mom had one when she was nine. So it got me interested in that. I've been interested in that for years. So that's been in the back of my mind for a long time to do that. You should listen to that little voice. Yeah. Yeah. But I do want to talk about the content of Beyond Belief because this is one of my favorite uh, topics, you know, talking about the power of the subconscious mind, meaning because I'm a hypnotherapist, that's one of my favorite uh, topics. And I loved, you know, how how you covered it in many different angles um, because a lot of the things that you were saying were even things that I say to clients or potential clients, like the whole idea about the placebo effect. I think Mm. people just take that for granted. Everybody knows what the placebo effect is, but really it's this proof of the power of our mind. It's this evidence that the power of our mind can affect our body. And I think we just discount that, but actually it's, it's really incredible. Yeah, I was, that's funny you brought that up because I was just talking about the placebo effect yesterday with Crystal. And my wife and um, it's almost always like a drug study and then this placebo effect comes in right where the people who didn't get the drug get magically cured you know but they think they took the drug it's so obvious it's not the drug that is fixing people here there's something else that's actually working and the drug just may trigger whatever that is in those people the, the placebo is, you know, it's this effect. It's our consciousness somehow that's really healing people. No, very. it's very true. I mean, the, the subconscious mind, it is, I'd heard about the placebo effect and other things, you know, going into this movie um, and then interviewing Bruce Lipton, who authored Biology of Belief. And he was saying that up to 90% of our daily life is controlled by our subconscious mind. So, you know, it's, it, it's just so powerful and, and it's just such a, a mystery and we don't really know, much, know that much about it and it's happening in the background and it's like, let's bring that to the foreground because we, here we have something that's controlling so much of our daily life. We don't pay a lot of attention to it, you know, like you were talking about the placebo, placebo effect. We don't focus on it and, and yet it is one of the huge um reasons we do what we do and and don't do what we don't do and uh you know controls our actions or inactions or habits or patterns uh how we speak how we carry ourselves you know a lot of the thoughts that we have every day and our beliefs on something whether something is possible or not all of that and um so yeah it, it really and it takes some effort you know because it, it's it's kind of comfortable and familiar just to have something running in the background, you know, without having to worry about it. And then it's like, oh man, it's, it's, it's also, it's really cool to think that each of us has the power to, to change some, you know, maybe some patterns that aren't working 
as well for us. I mean, the subconscious is really powerful. It control, you know, things like driving and things like brushing our teeth and, you know, just on and on and on. So many empowering and, and good patterns and habits. Uh, but there's also some things that maybe don't serve us that we really need to spend some time to look at. Yeah, I liked that they said something about how the subconscious is not evil. Um, and I think, you know, that that's one of the reasons why people don't want to look into their subconscious is they're scared there's going to be like a big boogeyman there. <laughs> and so they don't look at it. But yet, you know, they don't realize, as you said, that it's controlling 90% of the, in the ways that we're behaving. And um, so once we take that away this idea that it's you know something dark and evil and scary and then realize that that it's a tool for our empowerment then um i think in that way people would be willing to uh want to work with the subconscious that's what i find when i talk to um, potential clients is a lot of times it's just explaining it in a way that makes sense to people and versus kind of these ideas that you get from like movies and and um not your movie, but like horror movies, <laughs> right. paranormal yeah. movies, and I mean, so forth that make it seem um, frightening to kind of go within and, and see what's there. Yeah, the subconscious is a really deep topic. Like, you know, it's it's just so much of our everyday life, you know. We, it's It's been this whole ride for me, really, since I met Tiana and really started looking inward, you know. And a lot of that is actually examining your thoughts and, you know, maybe bringing up subconscious things that are happening in the background and, and understanding, you know, why or where they came from. And it's just, you know, for me, it's been just huge to, to realize like, Oh, this was happening in the back of my mind all along. Like, you know, just beating myself up sometimes when it's not necessary and just making a slight shift, you know, in, in my subconscious beliefs and, and letting that take over instead of something that's automatic, you know, and just having a little bit of control over that. And I'm not saying that you're going to have a lot of control over your subconscious. I think it's a pretty big effort. I think you have to put a lot of work into it, but you know, there are things that's that a you, belief. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. See? Right. And so it's just those kind of little things. And when you make those little shifts, it just, it, you know, it just can it not only outwardly like you're going to see a lot of change happening in your life outwardly but boy the way you feel is just so much different too you know about just about everything and that's the like the beauty of like what you do tiana is the hypnosis is a very powerful way to shift some subconscious patterns and you can do it very quickly and efficiently and i'm you know i'm sure you've seen this with clients you've worked with right but it's like um you know, some things like affirmations might take longer and be, you know, slower going. Uh, and then there's other techniques in NLP and in hypnosis that you can change, you know, a limiting belief that's maybe been derailing an intention or keeping you from reaching a desired outcome for a long time. You can change it really pretty quickly, but it's just recognizing that being willing to do that. And, um, you know, either learning a technique or seeing somebody like Tiana to help you in process and do, you know, the change techniques. Um, but yeah, it, it can be, but it, the the real work is, is sort of the introspective work. Like, you know, this is kind of a repetitive thing that's been going on. It's kept me from having the relationship with my dreams or it's kept me from 
having, you know, the, the money that I want or the freedom that I want or the lifestyle that I want, or there's just something off and it's come something that just keeps, you know, in the background, like derailing what I'm doing or whatever. Uh, it, it takes someone, you know, identifying that and then being willing to, to really look under the hood and, and do that. And that's kind of some, um, it's, rewarding and it's also can be confronting because it's like I you know you a person needs to be willing to take responsibility for for that and then the other thing I think that's really important and I'm just appreciating this more and more uh, is this whole conversation of and, and you talked about it a little bit when you were talking about the resistance of the tool of hypnosis but I think there's also resistance to like why am I feeling so I shouldn't feel this way or there's a resistance to whatever's going on and you know Carl Jung once said, "What you resist persists," and so that pattern of resisting, pushing something away, stuffing something down, wishing it wasn't this way, this should or shouldn't be uh, a certain way—all that stuff is actually keeping something in place. So it's when we're willing to really look under the hood, say, "Hey, you know this this really isn't optimal for me. Like I don't feel good when I." feel this way or when I'm reacting to somebody this way or a situation or whatever and it's really willing to look and take responsibility for that not like something's happening outside there coming at me but it's something that I'm actually perpetuating from the inside out that was huge every everybody that we interviewed echoed that same thing you know life is an inside job it's something that's happening inside your thoughts feelings are actually producing what's going on out there it's not something that's happening to you so and i think that taking responsibility for that and being willing to uh do something that is going to interrupt those patterns is is the hero's journey that's really the courageous quest that i think each of us needs to to look at at themselves to 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 see what's working what's not working and recognizing that what's not working is probably some maybe limiting uh, subconscious pattern. And here's the thing that I was amazed at is like a lot of those patterns, they're not even ours. Like we inherited them when we were in a hypnagogic trance, when we were young, as Bruce Lipton says, you know, uh, in a fetal development to age five, we're very open and receptive uh, to programs, you know? So if you think of like the program, um, programs of the, the subconscious programs that are running in the background and, uh, you know, so a lot of those are put in our, in our conscious, in our, in our, a lot of those are put into, uh, our lives and we're not even aware of it. So there's stuff running in the background all the time. It's controlling what we're doing. And we had no say in how it got there, you know? Yeah. I, I like that, um, that they framed or some of the speakers, um, framed the subconscious as thinking of it just as programming, because a lot of that we think that's me. And when mm. you think of it as programming, and this is also a lot of the conversations that I have with clients too, because people are so afraid there's something wrong with me mm. versus there's programming that's not working for me. And when you think of a, a computer and a program, you're like, oh, okay, I can change that program if I don't like what it's doing. But when someone thinks like, oh, there's something wrong with me, and then that seems really um, hard to to work with or scary to look at versus thinking like, oh, this is just uh, patterns that were given to me and are working through my system and I, I can change those. Yeah. 
you know, you got me into this whole Seth books, and um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Seth books. I am. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so they're so great. I mean, they're like my favorite thing ever now. Yes. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, he talks a lot about this. Like, this is a huge topic for him. You know, the conscious and the conscious mind and the subconscious mind and our beliefs and our core beliefs and limiting beliefs and yeah, it's like um, what, what you were just saying um, that. What were you just saying? I'm sorry, I just <laughs> forgot. You'll have to play it back. <laughs> no, I was just saying. I had I, well, what I was thinking is that um, when we think of our subconscious as programming, it sort of depersonalizes it. Yeah. And that's what makes it easier to then go in and look at it and change it because it's not like it's taking away pieces of us and we're not feeling so personally bad about it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's okay. Thank you. Because Seth says that. Um, our thoughts are not us, right? And we a lot of times identify with our thoughts. Like we think, oh, that's that's me. You know, when I think something that I is maybe not that pleasant, you think, oh, that's me. But that's not. And, you know, that was really eye-opening for me to think about like, hey, my thoughts are not me. I'm something more, I'm something deeper than that. I'm more than my thoughts. And when I realized that, it was like, oh, yeah, okay, so... I'm not this terrible person because I'm always angry or whatever it is. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's not just that it's, you know, people just identify with their thoughts. It's natural. I think if you don't think otherwise, that philosopher who said, I think therefore I am ruined a lot of people. (laughs) 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 Um, But then it's freeing once you, once you have that awareness and then you can now choose, like you said, to look at your thoughts and, and choose different ones if they're not working for you. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's very freeing. I appreciate that you had a lot of tools in there. So it wasn't just uh, giving us all of these uh, ideas, but then it was like, oh, how can you put it into practice? Because that's very important to me is like, oh, now what do I do with that? Okay, cool. I'm not my thoughts. And what do I do now? And so I, I noticed it was like halfway through that the second half was all about the tools. And I was like, yes, good. You're giving people so many possibilities because there's many modalities, but there's going to be different fit for different people. And so I really love how you um, introduced many modalities as different ways that people could begin to take these concepts and apply them into their life. Thank you. Yeah, both Becky and I were very adamant when we uh, started the movie that 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 was going to be a big part of it, tools. And that, again, getting back to the whole um, motivation for the film, we felt like that was sort of a missing in in the secret, not only you know a deeper cut at the manifestation process, but also, okay, where do I go from here? You know what what are the, some of the tools I can use? What are some of the things that I can I can use on the court to make some of these changes or to you know empower my life and to reach my desired outcomes? So both Becky and I really wanted to put those in. Of course, we met at an NLP. Um, workshop neuro-linguistic programming so we've both seen a lot of results from that and for those listeners who are not that familiar with nlp it's a lot of what like tony robbins uses for example in his um his work but it's really about being aware of the thought processes that are going on and the language that someone is using that's that's huge as well and the you know so the thoughts and the the words that that someone uses and how to shift those to actually um, the patterns of 
somebody doing something successfully versus the patterns of somebody doing something not successfully. NLP is all about looking at that, those successful patterns and having someone, you know, utilize those. So NLP is a lot of um, restructuring your internal language or is it even your like outwardly spoken language too, or both? It's yeah, it's both. It's really looking at like the, the patterns, you know, how we're storing things, how we're processing information, the beliefs that we have, what are, you know, the, the language that we use, how we use it, our, our body language, Mm. um, building rapport with other people and, you know, how does that, how does that happen? Like what, what, what factors contribute to rapport breaking down and what factors contribute to actually building rapport with another person. And so NLP looks at those things in communication and language and body language, you know, so there's, there's multiple levels, right? What's unsaid is often way more, our body language is, uh, says a lot more about what's going on than what our words actually say. So NLP looks at that as well. And sometimes there's a, there's a, uh, what we call something's not congruent. So somebody may be saying something consciously one way, but their body language is saying something completely different. And NLP says, you know, if there's a, if you think of the, the David and Goliath battle, you know, um, the, the conscious mind versus the subconscious mind. I mean, the subconscious mind controls so much of what we do and it will always trump whatever the conscious. So if there's a inconsistency between what we're saying and actually what we're saying, you know, in our body language or um, what we're, if we're saying something as an intention, but we're yet there's a limiting belief in our subconscious, that is actually going to take precedence over that conscious intention every time. So that's why, I think it's so challenging. Like I've really tried, I've really worked at this and I really haven't been able to accomplish this particular goal or get this relationship or have this, this money that I want. Or, um, the, if you look at the underlying core, ask yourself, what do I believe about that? There's some, there's some, you know, limiting belief that's underneath that that's, you know, keeping you from getting what you want. One piece of the puzzle that wasn't talked about that I would like to add um, is, I guess, like I'm a big fan of Matt Kahn's book, um, Mm. Whatever Arises, Love That, and I've probably already mentioned this on the podcast before, but um, that's an approach that I employ a lot with clients. Um, And what I mean by this being a missing piece is because a lot of times then people are just, because they even, there were some speakers that said something like um, about just Um, letting go of certain beliefs and or cutting them out and Mm. I'm more come from an approach of um, there's no bad parts of you Mm. but there's parts that need to be loved and nurtured into their highest potentiality and so this is the idea of like whatever arises love that so if um, your shameful self or your angry self since Tim used that one um, that aspect came up if you're having angry thoughts rather than just like I'm going to change my belief to I don't get angry (laughs) I'm not an angry person instead if it was like oh um oh my angry self is needing love right now and so it's more of an integrative approach rather than because I think there's that piece still of um if we just keep trying to change a belief but there's parts of us um that need 
healing and nurturing, it's a sort of spiritual bypass that you see um, where we're wanting to just focus in this high positive way and we're not um, facing and doing the deeper um, emotional subpersonality work that will really bring us into wholeness. I mean, that's not something that you can just throw out there really quickly, but I do think it's an important piece of the puzzle um, how people might still not be able to um, employ. I don't really like the idea of like getting what you want, like it being all yeah. about getting what you want, right. because that also is like, that's to be like spiritual materialism. It's just like, oh, how can I learn this technique to get what I want? <laughs> right. um, but I did like that you had in there, um, there's somebody had said something about like, well, what we'll find ultimately is that the only thing that will really fulfill us is the soul and that we're moving towards oneness. And I was like, yes, thank you for saying that. <laughs> yeah, because I, I do feel like, you know, you know, it, it kind of went along the lines of the secret at points where it was like, yeah, it's about getting something. But, um, you know, even a lot of times I think people are disillusioned with their own desires, too, because they think like, oh, I'm I need money. I want money. That's what's going to make this better for me. And really, it's not money. It's like freedom or, you know, compassion or something else is missing in their life. And they think that it's money that, that they need. And, um, yeah, it's just an important distinction to make, like you were saying. It's a great point. Like, I, uh, I first of all, I love Matt Kahn's work. Um, you know, whatever arises, love that is just classic. And there is a tenet in NLP that's a central tenet that every... Um, you know, action, behavior, um, belief has a positive intention. So, and we did, you know, look at, and I think it's some of the, like Robert Diltz, who's an NLP, it was one of the founders of NLP, uh, spoke to this in the film a little bit is that, you know, it's, and Christina Hall as well talked about the looking at the lesson to be learned here. And, and I'm really glad you brought that up because that's such a critical thing. And it gets back to kind of what I was saying about resist, persist. So we just want to kind of focus on the shiny object and push away, you know, and not and bypass this, like digging in the dirt and getting our hands dirty and really looking at some of the stuff that is maybe, maybe not the most comfortable thing to look at, but it's also the most uh, opportunity those things are coming up to be, you know, our, our bodies, our minds, our spirits have such amazing wisdom, internal wisdom, if we just listen to it. And I think a lot of that comes up for us to heal and for us to address. And um, yeah, that's one of the things I really like about NLP is that it's really looking at, wow, this is coming up. This is interesting. This has been there before. And it's taking that observer kind of status. You were talking about like not getting into the I'm not my thoughts, but getting behind the thoughts and looking at it and saying, what lesson is there to learn here? You know, and and so for me, it's another way to get act at that observer witness kind of status, just to step back and and then how can I integrate this and how can I use it? So I'm really glad that you brought that up because it's really critical and other and yeah, so. other tools that you you um touched on on the film also did that where you're talking about gratitude and um and acceptance and so mm -hmm. i think those are ways where you're hitting at that about not dismissing or running away from aspects of yourself but more like you said seeing the the gift seeing the lesson in something and accepting things 
in that moment what is. So, so yeah, I do think that you touched on it in, in different ways. That lesson will keep coming up too. So if, you know, it's like the universe kind of rattles our cage and the, and the more that we push it down or stuff it away and pretend it doesn't and want, just want the, just want the, whatever we want to get. And, you know, I'm not going to look at that and I'm just going to keep stuffing it down. That's going to get, that message is going to get louder. The, the cage is going to get shook more and more until we like finally stop and, and address it, whether it's a health breakdown, whether it's a, you know, financial breakdown, whether it's a relationship breakdown, whatever that is, um, you know, it'll just keep coming up until we really, you know, look at it and address it and, and embrace it and, and are willing to learn the lessons from it and right, see what there is to, to do. Because everything is energy. And so that energy will find an expression. It's looking for an expression. And if we're not, uh, if we're trying to hold it down, we're creating this pressure cooker and then bam, it comes out in one way or another, like you said, many possible ways, but it needs to be looked at or expressed or moved. Yeah, I, um, I like something you said a minute ago where our, you said our bodies have this inner wisdom and, and we do know like internally what we need to do. And I think, you know, that's really been important lesson for me to learn is that sometimes I need to just allow myself to to um, to be guided by, by my inner wisdom, you know. And a lot of times I like to intellectualize things and, you know, different problems in my life and I try to figure them out, you know, and sometimes that's not the way, you know. Yeah, our bodies are so honest. So if we will tune into them and listen to them, um, they can, like you said, because our minds can fool us. Our minds can trick us into believing something. But our bodies are really honest and will tell us how we really feel. So it's a wonderful tool to utilize. Yeah, and just pay attention to and, and look at it that way. Because most people will have symptoms and issues and or, you know, even very blatant messages coming from themselves and not take them that way you know just take them as oh that's something else i'll deal with that with i'll just take a pill tim that's a very good point that what you're what you're bringing up is it's probably one of the most important access points for people so you're always living in your body and your body's always giving you feedback and the universe is always giving you feedback so one of the quickest easiest things to do is just to stop watch your breath and then get in touch with body sensations in your you know like really what's what's going on oh there's some tightness right now in my throat there's some tightness right now in my stomach i'm feeling really anxious so just kind of practicing taking the time to observe and to get in touch with you know, your, your body and to, to see what's going on is a tremendous, just doing that. If you just practiced stopping, watching your breath, watch it in, in through the nose, you know, and slowly exhale through your nose and then just get in touch with your body and the sensations of your body when you're feeling anxious, when you're feeling, you know, maybe angry, uh, just a, a really great way to, drop down into an observer status and just see what's going on and, and get really curious about what's happening. So, you know, curiosity and uh, identifying, looking at what's uh, what's going on in your body without overly identifying with your thoughts. You know, you're, you're not your thoughts. You're not your beliefs. You're the watcher, the witness of those thoughts and beliefs. And so 
you know, just getting in touch with your body sensations and breathing, keeping your focus, attention on your breathing is just a great way to center yourself no matter what's going on around you. Isn't it crazy how, I mean, that's like animals do that naturally and that's our intrinsic nature is that we should be connected to our body and utilizing it all the time to be in tune with ourselves, and yet we've uh, made all of these technological advances and used our mind in brilliant ways and yet now we're needing to come back to remembering how to listen to our body's wisdom and be in our body that's funny yeah it's come full circle mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think with all of the distractions our our phones on us all the time and, and ringing and and uh you know computers and computer games and all that is 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 good but it's also a lot of outside stimulus you know that we're putting taking the attention off of ourselves and putting it out out there and really i think the focus you know needs to go in in fact julia cameron one of her in the artist way and one of the techniques that she uses for fostering creativity is to take a media break she calls it media deprivation but just like for a week you know like if you can do it, uh, or maybe once a day for a certain amount of time, you know, start, start that certain little, little chunks, little baby steps. But she recommends like, uh, you know, not doing any of that for a week because of the importance, especially as a creative artist or somebody who needs to tap into creativity, it's really important to just get in touch with what's going on in, in your body temple. And then, and then being able to radiate that, out so you know all the magic happens from the inside out not the outside in you know and so anything that we can do to train ourselves to get back to that whether it's just meditation yoga quieting ourselves getting back into these reflective uh positions where we get back into our body you know and determine what's going on in our body watch the breath if you took nothing away from anything and just all you did throughout the day was watch your breath it would be tremendously empowering and uh and it's amazing how much the you know heart will slow down the you know the stress level anxiety level will just everything will just kind of calm down but you know we're so outwardly focused on computers on those things are great they're great tools but they're not the end all be all you know and if we sacrifice ourselves by constantly looking outside of ourselves for those things i I don't think it's gonna you know end well looking looking back on on our life at the end of the life like really was that really the journey was just to be kind of focused on you know computers and out all this outside stuff and i felt very um stressed out all the time and angry and i think a lot of that has to do with not taking the time to look in and uh, quieting yourself down and just looking at what's going on in your body and um creating that relationship first and then radiating that out but you know not looking for outside solutions people that have answers outside of you yeah i that's you know a very good point and i think you put it well when you said you know sacrificing ourselves when we do that when we're addicted to you know instagram or surfing the web or whatever video games tv whatever so many options you know um you do sacrifice yourself because what you're doing is you're just distracting yourself from looking inside we're here for a reason and it's 
it's not to surf the web, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't mean it's evil to surf the right. web, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm constantly yeah. thinking, well, if I die right now, do I feel satisfied with this, how I've experienced this life? And that's always motivating me to keep continuing to grow because I don't want to come back and have to do the same uh, level over again. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, as much as I can do now, I want to do now. And yeah, like you said, I don't think that my soul came in saying, I want to spend this many thousands of hours watching Netflix. Or <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, we all need a break, right? Yeah, that's there's a good place for, for relaxation, that. right? Like it, it is okay to relax and do that sometimes, but when it gets to the point of addiction it's you've got a problem you know and a lot of people are there distraction right now. or mm-hmm. avo- it's avoiding or distract yeah it it's, it's it's again everything is about like oh what is the intention behind that am i doing this because it's a way that i can relax for a little while because my mind's been so busy today and now i can you know go from the pressures and stress of the day to a little bit of you know watching something sci-fi fantasy or whatever um or is it that I don't want to look inside because it's uncomfortable, so I'm going to escape into this other reality and and not have to look at that? Yeah, totally. But you know, there's there are certain art forms where you you do end up watching it, and then you're like, and it it does trigger something inside of you, and it makes you realize something that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise too. So there are some benefits there too. You know, it's it's a fine line. Well, that's the awareness that you are bringing to that show. So somebody else might watch that show and just get lost in the story, or somebody might have an awakening or awareness through that. So it's still it's kind of like to me, I make the connection with um, that work as spiritual practice, like everything that we do, it's about the awareness that we bring to it. It could be meaningful if we're aware, which goes back to to what Jim was saying about being in our, when we're in our body and being conscious and present, then we're able to be aware in that moment and, and get something from it. And anything could awaken us with that. I, I met this one guy when I was traveling that um, uh, this was in Istanbul and his family is Muslim and he, he didn't believe in anything. And then he said one day what happened for him was he just saw two cats playing and somehow that like awakened him to like, what, what is this force behind that? That, and so he had kind of this big spiritual awakening from watching two cats playing and, and Tim has two cats and we see that's them amazing. playing but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that that's <laughs> like that too <laughs> but, yeah. but it just you know no. goes to show like anything that we you know we could look at anything or experience anything in any moment and it could you know depending upon the awareness behind that it could awaken us to to deeper levels yeah yeah totally it's like what I was saying in the last episode where um, once you start to look at your life that way then it does take on a different quality. Yeah, completely. Take the blue pill or the red pill. <laughs> <laughs> or take them both. Then what happens? <laughs> My kid was just talking about that specific reference last night because apparently one of her teachers said that none of the kids got it. Because <laughs> like uh, the Matrix is already so old that yeah. like no kids even know what it is. And she's 12, so... It's kind of weird. They'll probably redo it in like yeah. a cartoon form, or or, or, they, or they did. Wait, I don't they know. Should. I'm like maybe they did. I don't know. I haven't kept up, but or they'll make it into like a Netflix series or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Then she would get it. Yeah. But now she. It, it's it, even if you look at the, if you go back and you 
pull up that movie and watch it, it's kind of like, wow, I thought this was like so cutting edge back then, but it's not, it's already like, oh man, it's not holding up. Like I thought it would. Message is pretty timeless though. In terms yeah, of, totally. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, exactly. that, that will never go away. And that, yeah, I'm with you too. I like to watch things for the standpoint of, you know, I get story ideas. I get all kinds of inspirations by watching how something maybe is structured, but you know, I, so binge watch sometimes is a good thing. <laughs> I, 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 I certainly do it. I'm not, I'm not judging at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so were there other, um, important concepts that we didn't touch on that you wanted to bring up, um, that were part of why you did the film? I think one of the, one of the things that both Becky and I really got this idea of non-attachment one of the one of the tools that we mentioned in the movie and just how important that is you know like going into the production i had a very fixed and controlling kind of idea about how it was going to go and who was going to be in it and how it was going to unfold and i was uh and then as we got into it and you know and things were happening coming up and changing and and the more that i was willing to be open and let those previous conceptions go and be open to something else bigger than maybe I had even thought of and universal guidance and whatever you want to call it, like to, to get into the process and guide us in the process. Uh, the things just went smoother. Other people hadn't even imagined, you know, came forward and, and, uh, participated in the movie and, uh, things just went smoothly. It was just like, yeah, that like by design, it was supposed to be this way. And as long as I could just kind of keep checking in and get myself out of the way and, and Becky could do the same thing. I mean, I think to the extent that we were able to do that, things just went smoother. It was more efficient and it was a lot more fun. Um, so that's the thing too, is like, I, I transferred that after the movie was done into other areas of my life. I said, what, what, what parts of my life here am I really clinging to you know i mean the in buddhist philosophy clinging is when a, a major source of suffering so like what am i really attached to what am i what judgments assessments opinions do i have that are really strong that i'm unable or unwilling to let go of or maybe see another way and so i just kind of started doing that and what am i and just being willing and open to letting this go and uh boy, to the extent that I can do that, I can't do it all the time, but to the extent that I can do that, it's like things just work better and they're just more smooth. So that so, was a huge lesson. So making the film in itself was sort of a healing, growing process. That's how yeah. Tim and I feel about making the, the podcast is that yeah. we're continuing to um, grow ourselves and learn new things through this process. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's, that's the biggest thing that I didn't imagine would happen either is that, you know, doing this podcast has just, it's changed my life so much. And I never imagined it to be that way at all. I thought it would just be like, oh, another, you know, hobby on the side, but it's really turned into this whole journey for me, really. Mm. That's great. And you're probably finding that because you've, you know, created that for yourself and just are open to whatever, you know, happens on it, that it's just things probably flow more smoothly. And, you know, you're, you're, um, 
you know, people show up that you maybe hadn't anticipated or exactly. just, just like, like what, yeah. little, little miracles come up. You what know? you it's were like, saying, wow. just n- people um, are coming into our lives um, through the podcast and then they're the guest and, and yeah, so, and then this person will refer this person and then we'll learn something totally new that we hadn't thought. That's what is one thing I was wondering. Um, was there anything surprising or new or shocking that one of the uh Yes, I keep, I keep calling them speakers. I don't know what to call them. One of the people on on um, your film said that was like new idea to you, or was it pretty much like, oh, I've already read and studied these things, and so these are who I want to have on, and these are ideas that I already get. One of the things was uh, Bruce Lipton talking about the subconscious mind, and you know, both Becky and I had done NLP, and uh, we knew the power of the subconscious mind, but I was totally like, I had no idea just how much power it did have over our daily life. So having him talk about that and uh, describing just how much power it does have and really sort of lit a fire under me to, okay, I really need to uh, identify tools that can can look at that and to see, see which ones maybe aren't as you know productive and uh, so that was a big thing too, like just how much of the, our daily life is controlled by the subconscious and really wanting to uh, find a way to to identify that, you know. Um, so I, I think that was the thing. And then just Julia Cameron, of course, just being there. Uh, I was like, I kept just kind of pinching myself going, I can't believe it. <laughs> she's, just so, <laughs> she's been my idol for so long. It was just so much fun to to get an opportunity to, you know, interview her. And I heard that, you know, the different techniques that she had, but just having her describe them in, in a really easy, approachable way. Well, now that you're good friends with her, you can ask her to come. <laughs> 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 uh, I wish. I wish. <laughs> what, what were you trying to get? Me? Oh, was, did you have any other questions? Oh, no, sorry. I think, I think we pretty much yeah. covered everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just, you know, I, th- I thank you guys again for, for inviting me and having me on and uh, just so aligned with what you guys are creating, what you're up to, and such a heartfelt message in the podcast. I love the title, too. <laughs> <laughs> I know the title's yeah. very similar to your film, so yeah. they tie in nicely. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, do you have a website or anything that people can go to if they want to learn more about the movie? So the, t- the movie's available on Amazon through Gaia, and... So you can, you know, you can get it there. We also, our 10th anniversary is in starting in, in 2020 in January. So 2020 will be the 10th anniversary of the film. And so we're doing several things to, to promote that and having some online courses and programs. The thing that we're, um, we're making the movie available on that. And so it's at uh, bit.ly, so bit.ly slash beyond belief the movie all one word so that if you go there that's where the the movie is and you can watch it there and then there'll be you know courses and other things available as well so that's exciting that's great that the courses will be a way for people to take it even to the next step yeah yeah and of course we'll have that link um on our page yeah well thanks for coming on jim thanks for having me great to be here yeah thanks you guys Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you very much to Jim Holzknecht for taking the time to talk with us and share his knowledge with us. 
If you'd like to know more about the movie Beyond Belief, you can find it on the video streaming service Gaia. That's spelled G-A-I-A dot com. Or as Jim said, you can also go to bit.ly Beyond Belief the Movie. That's spelled B-I-T dot L-Y slash Beyond Belief the Movie. And before we go, I'd like to say thank you to Casey Henson for creating the music we use on this podcast, and to Tiana Roser for all the work she does to keep this podcast going stronger than ever. For more information about us or to access past episodes, please visit our website, beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. And lastly, if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a rating for us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. This will help other people find us. Take care.